and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you are joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. I'm excited about today. I hope uh, those of y'all that got a book last week have been able to start because if you'll take time and read it, I'm telling you, it'll change your perspective. And I believe it'll give you, um, I just think it'll change the way you look at a lot of stuff and I think it'll be good for you. So we'll jump right in. If you were here last week, you'll be familiar with Give Thanks. But in review, this is the verse that we're, that we're using specifically and it's Psalm 100. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So today, the question that we're starting to ask is, why is it so stinking difficult to do this? Why does it seem so frustrating to enter his gates and his courts sometimes? Why does it seem like walking with the Lord seems so overwhelming and so difficult that I really don't want to even want to do it sometimes? Am I the only one here that feels that way? It's okay to, if y'all are a little quiet today because I'm just going to give y'all an upfront warning. This message is a little heavier than I anticipated this time last week, but I'm ready to give it to y'all. Praise the Lord. So today we're talking about offense. And how offense is one of the biggest reasons that we do not enter his gates and enter his courts with praise. Offense. And so I titled this message Offering because give and maybe y'all don't get it. Okay. Offering offense. Offering offense. And so I want to I start the message in Matthew chapter 5 and show you what Jesus said about when we bring our offering. And then I'm going to dive into offense, and then we're going to go somewhere, and I'm not even sure how it's going to finish because I'm just going to really... I've got it planned out, but I'm just going to really try to let the Lord um, lead at the end. But I'm a, I got a couple of illustrations, and I think we're going to have some fun. So here's what I really am asking y'all to do, and I'm going to I'm going to actually show this in just a second. But I need y'all to lean in with me today because here's what I know for sure: is most of y'all have heard something about this before, and therefore most of us have an education of what we think about this, what we think about being offended or offense. If y'all will lean in and not let your education get in the way, I believe God can do something great in your life. Because it, what you know up till this point may be a hindrance of a breakthrough, is what I believe. And so that's my, that's my ask of y'all this morning, is that y'all will just let what you know be there. It's not going to go away. But just lean in and open your hearts up, because I really believe God wants to do something in your life. So here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, but I say to you that everyone who, who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults, and this is the word raka, say raka. I like that word, so I just added the, the, the uh, it's actually Aramaic in there. Whoever insults with raka, which this is what that word raka means. It's like this, I've lost my mind, and I say things that I would never say otherwise. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to move as fast as I can, but if you're married, you do this. 
I hear an amen. Like you say stuff, and you're like, why did I say that? And then you try to apologize, and you're like, that already came out. Raka. I think of Rock'em talking robots, but some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. It's okay. He'll be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to, it's actually, this, this says hell, but it's actually Gehenna of fire. And that what Gehenna is was the fire that they, when, when the um, pagans worshipped the god of Moloch, they would throw babies up at Caesarea Philippi. They would throw babies. This is where Jesus said, by the way, the gates of hell will not prevail the gates of this fire will not prevail against it. There was this huge rock. And I've preached on this before and shown y'all. We've been up there and did a video, and it's really cool. It's an, it's an incredible place of why God chose this. But out of this pit, there was fire burning, and it would constantly smoke. And I'm not going to get into why they sacrificed children, and, but it, it was always this smoking, smoldering fire. And the pagan people would worship that. And here, what Jesus was saying is, your heart is set on fire when this is your life. When you, when you lose your mind and you start saying things that you wouldn't naturally say, Raka, and, and, and then you start calling people fools and you start doing all this and I start doing all this, then, then this is what is actually brewing in our hearts. And, and I don't know if y'all have been there before, but, but I've said stuff like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just feel like there's, there's something. I just got so much anger in my heart and I can't figure out what's the deal and I, what's the problem and oh my goodness, what's, ah! nobody else in this, in this place has ever felt that way. Like I said, if you've been married, come on somebody. All right, here we go. So this is what he said. Listen to this. So if you are offering your gift, if you are bringing your gift to the altar or putting it in the box like we do it, or you can text to give, give online. Okay, there you go. If you're doing that, but your brother has something against you, if you have offended your brother or sister or your people in here, if there is offense in your life, put it down. Leave your gift and go. First, reconcile with each other, and then come bring your offering. This is not my words. This is not my cool idea. This is Jesus. He said, a lot of us have done this, and we've been like, look, Jesus, you're welcome, but we've let offense raise up in our hearts, and then we've tried to make it better by doing this, or by singing, or by doing whatever, and he's like, listen, listen, make it right. You got to go do what you can do to get this right, and it is forgiveness, but y'all, it's a lot deeper than that, and this is where I'm going to need y'all to kind of put on your thinking caps, but really just open your heart up. I bet y'all never hear the word thinking caps anymore. I've said it like a hundred times, but I'm just, I need y'all to open your heart up because I'm telling you right now, this thing has jacked me up so bad this week, I, like I'm, I need some V8 to get all straight. Some of y'all remember that. I need my V8 today, but this is why, is the word offense comes from the Greek word scandalin. Say scandalin. Now, does that sound like a word to y'all? I put a hint up there for y'all if y'all can't see it. <laughs> it's, it really is where we get the word scandal from, but it means the trigger of a trap. It's an offense or a stumbling block. So here, I'm just going to get my stuff out of the way because this is how my brain thinks, and maybe y'all can distract with me. Whenever I used to think of a stumbling block because of the um, churches that I grew up in, and I'm thankful for them, so I'm not bashing them, but I always thought of drinking, and I'm not sure why, but, like, that's the immediate thing in the Southeast. If you're Baptist, then if, if you have a beer, it's a stumbling block. I'm not, I'm not making light of, of any of this. I'm just saying, like, that's the immediate thing that I used to think. And I'm going to tell you why that's funny. It's because if I go on a date with my wife tonight, 
and we decide to have a virgin strawberry daiquiri, and one of y'all see us having a virgin pina colada daiquiri, whatever, and you go, oh, my goodness, he's a stumbling block because he had a daiquiri. Right? You wouldn't know. And that's actually not a stumbling block. Like, you can argue whatever you want. You cannot drink if that's what your convictions say, but that's not at all what a stumbling block is. Because the stumbling block has everything to do with your heart and then what I say or what I've done to you. And if I'm over in my table having a beer, that's not a stumbling block to you. And this is not a message about you should do that. I'm trying to open our minds up to this. It's not really about that. It's much bigger than that. It's something that is a trap that traps me and traps you, and we go after each other. And it is sometimes the offensive things that we say, okay? It is sometimes that I've said something to you or about you or vice versa that offended us, but it is so much thinking bigger than that. Because that little thing isn't why I stay in a trap, but it can be the thing that is set out before me. It can be the thing that starts off is what is the bait before me. And so, so the big issue that I want y'all to get before I really start getting into this is to understand what a scandal is really all about because this is fascinating, y'all. In the dictionary, the first definition of scandal is a religious person in leadership caught in something foolish like infidelity or, or ethical problems. I, I thought that was amazing that even the world, when they're giving a definition, says that it's us that does it first, and that's what scandaling is all about, that scandal is known as what we do wrong. And the enemy has taken this thing so, so well, and, and he's used it so hard against us that even that is what people think of when they think of us. When people think about the church, they think about what we're against and what we do wrong. And I'm not saying that we can do everything to change it, because, y'all, we're, we're human, and we're going to mess up sometimes. So, so I can't control if you think that about me, but what I can do is decide in my heart if I will live offended, which is much different than having offense come against me. So I just want y'all to see, and I, I'm going to break this down backwards, and then we're going to have some fun. Dustin, I'm going to call on you in just a second if that's cool, and I'm going to ask you not to hurt yourself because i got a trap set before you. All right, so you're welcome. I, I want y'all to know that the bait is offense, but Satan really has a bigger scheme. And so we're going to work backwards and look at this. The goal of Satan is to destroy us. And I'm going to use that verse again, but it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So his goal is to destroy us, but his plan, so, so if I'm going to destroy you, i got to have a scheme or a plan. His plan is to divide us. The Bible says that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Abraham Lincoln said that. Some of y'all thought it was Abraham Lincoln. A nation divided against itself. Well, he used Jesus. He was, he was quoting that awesome dude named Jesus a few thousand years before that. All right. But, but here's the deal. Is, is if, if we just look around in church, I'm not to, I, forget them out there for a second and just think about in here. If one thing happens, we're so divided against each other that we can't even stand to look at each other. Divisiveness is everywhere. It's everywhere. Republicans and Democrats can't even sit across the table from each other. I don't care what they think about Jesus. They can't even sit across the table from each other because I can't believe you would believe those things. Divided. Divided. We're just, we're divided about everything. We let our sports teams dictate whether we can be friends with each other. Y'all, I have fun going to games, but I'm telling you right now, you don't have to be a Gamecock to be my friend. 
And sometimes they divide me. So <laughs> we did only lose by two touchdowns, so that was a win. All right, here we go. But, but that's the plan. There has to be something bigger than that that actually is at work, and it is the bait or the weapon, and it is a fence. And a fence is the weapon or the bait because it gets all of us. Now, this is where I need your education to lean in a little bit and go with me because this is where I might crawl on your feelings and get all on the feels and mess with you a little bit because this is the truth. There's not one person listening to me right now, whether you're watching online or whether you're standing in front, or y'all are actually sitting, but sitting in front of me, there's not one person that probably in the last week haven't been under offense that you haven't been offended by something. And, and immediately what our reaction is, is, well, no one said anything to me where I immediately push back. But that is not what offense is. That is one of the examples of offense. Because offense is a trap that gets all of us, and the enemy is so smart that he makes it just perfect for us. He, he will think about you. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be self-controlled and alert. The enemy, the devil prowls around us like a lion seeking whom he may devour, and he's not dumb. He actually can take the form of an angel of light, and he walks around trying to know your little weaknesses so that he can put out some bait. And so, this may not make any sense to y'all. Justin, I really need your help, and I, I'm asking you to be careful with this, what I'm about to do. All right, so I've got a couple traps First of all, this may not seem like a trap for y'all. Somebody wants it, praise the Lord. But, I mean, I, I feel like I don't sleep well at night if I don't eat a cookie or ten, right? And so it can be a trap, it can be a good thing, but it can be a trap. Now, this right here is, is good. Praise the Lord for Benjamin Franklin, right? But it can be a trap. It can be something that we chase with all of our hearts, and it can be a trap for us because it's all about your heart. Because what the enemy's trying to do when he sets the trap for you is to just throw things out where we're so interested in it, it's a trap. I, we, I don't know why we chose cosmopolitan uh, Hot sex diaries, that's awkward. Just leave it over. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, and I don't want to make light of this, but all of this stuff can be a trap, whether it's how we look or what we're going after. And I can go deeper if y'all want me to, but sex can certainly be a trap. Now, it's good, y'all. God made it to be awesome in marriage, but it is a big trap. Actually, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16 that all other sin is outside the body, but this kind of sin is against our body, and our body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he sets the trap. He sets the trap. And he allows any of these things, thank you for not falling, and I think we just got a shirt for, like, uh, fashion and buying clothes, and so for me, it's got nothing to do with shoes. <laughs> Listen, Jordans are different than shoes. I just need y'all to know that. There's anointing on Jordan, so I can't do anything about it. But there's all kinds of things in our lives. Now, we made this to kind of look like 
And it's the baptismal pool that is boxed out, just so y'all know. But we made it because I, I've always kind of wanted the stage extended so I can walk out and like spit on y'all that are in the front row and get closer to y'all. And we made it to look like this, but instead of me falling through, Dustin, I just want you to come get all this stuff and just please don't hurt yourself, right? And so y'all just picture that I'm walking out on this and we come get it and then, and then I need you to like fall through. So just pretend, yeah, yeah. And so, so... Thank you. You did good. And Dustin now gets to keep the cookies. But, like, I just want y'all to see Dustin in here because I want y'all to see the trap. Because the reality is this was made really well, and it looks like I can walk out on it. But if I would have stepped out because they were afraid I'd break my ankle, and then you already have, so it'd be bad. But, like, but if I walked out on this today, it looks safe. It looks good. But the reality is I would have fallen through and, and I get trapped. Now, this is huge, so don't miss this. You stay as long as you want to if you're comfortable. But, like, I, I don't want y'all to miss this. I don't want y'all to miss this because the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. But what he's trying to do is trap. Somebody say trap. Trap you. And what he wants you to believe about you is that you are stuck and you are trapped and that you cannot get out. Listen to me, and I'm going to say some things that may offend you, but I don't apologize because this offense is Jesus, not that kind of thing right here. There has never been a marriage that has failed in the history of failed marriages that didn't start in offense. Let me say it again. There's never been a marriage that has failed ever, ever, ever. And whatever you think the end was, was not the end. That was actually after the trap. So somebody, or a lot of times somebody's got offended and you're like, well, I wasn't offended with him. I wasn't offended with her, but that's not the point. Your heart was trapped. Because what God wants for you is the life more abundantly. What God wants for you is to live the fullest life. So if you can be trapped by anything, all of a sudden, and I know all of us know this feeling. All of a sudden, we look around and everybody who's saying something about us now is out to get us. If y'all have never been there before, then I am preaching to the wrong crowd. Like everything. After our hearts take the bait then everything, everything in our lives, like we look at stuff and we're heightened. Our senses, our senses are so heightened. Like this is the day of offense, y'all. It, it, we can look out in social media and if people say, you have pink fingernail polish on and it's actually a, a form of red, you get offended because it's not really what you, everybody lives offended today because, because they're under offense. They've taken the bait. We're in the trap. We're stuck, and it's really the best picture of this in the Greek is, is, is a caged animal. So here's what they did. Here's what they did. If y'all can picture a hole in the ground with like a grass covering over it, and it's really what we were trying to do where you got trapped. You did good, Dustin. It's, it's, it's really a picture like this. But in the bottom, there were spikes if they didn't want to kill you, and if they did want to just trap you, but they would put the meat in the middle and they would make you think everything looks good and you would take the bait. Now, here's what's crazy about a fence. When you're trapped and you believe there's no way out, the only thing that can comfort you is the thing that trapped you in the first place. And so the thing that you can look at, and if we can have, just if we can get past just our minds and get to our hearts for just a second, if we could just look and say, if I wouldn't have taken that bait, if I wouldn't have gone after that thing, then I wouldn't be trapped today. It was not my husband's fault, my wife's fault, my boss's fault, my friend's fault, all the people that I feel a victim responsibility for. It wasn't their fault. I chose to take the bait. And if I would not have taken it, I wouldn't be trapped. But every time I feel trapped and I don't know where to go, i got to feel comforted. So instead of getting out of that trap, 
I go here, and then I feel bad, and I want God to forgive me, so I come in and I bring my offering. I come in and I try to praise my way out of it, but I stay trapped. Here's what is impossible if you're offended. Impossible. You can look somebody in the face and say, I forgive you, Jordan. I, I know what you said about me, but I forgive you. But in your heart, when we're alone, there's this raka, right, that brews up inside of us, and we can feel it bubbling, and it may not be today, and it may not be tomorrow, but one day the fire of Gehenna will start boiling inside of us, and we'll find ourselves doing things that we never thought possible, and we go, where's that coming from? And it's because at some point in time, or quite honestly, it's every day once you're trapped, we started taking the bait. We started taking the bait. I got a nerd picture to show y'all just to kind of go with it because it literally means the stick bait. The stick bait. Offense is not the point. Offense is the starting point. And it's what attracts you to this. It, it, the, I guess the best way to think about it is, because we always talk about this, it's the cheese, right? It's the cheese that gets the mouse. But the trap, when it pop and closes on them, the it's not the cheese's fault, y'all. If, if a bear or a mouse or a mark has enough sense to look at the trap and go, well, I want that piece of candy, right? I want that steak. I want that cheese. I want that thing because the Bible does say it's pleasurable for a season. I, I, I want whatever's in front of me, but I'm going to choose not to take the offense today because if I do, I am trapped if we could have enough awareness of God in our lives, we would not take the bait. But the problem is, we do. We do. And there's not one person in here that doesn't at some point in time. And y'all, it's the most miserable thing in the world because here's what we think to ourselves. God, I don't know how you love me because I, that's my life right now. I could, I could never be used by God. I'm embarrassed. Everything that I've done, I'm embarrassed. I, if, if, if people knew how, what, what I had said, what had come out of my mouth, what, what I had thought, if, if, people, if people had any idea of, and the reality is there's not one of us in here that doesn't think the same way once we're in offense because we are trapped and trapped animals lose their stinking minds. They can go from a very nice tamed animal to losing their minds and it is impossible to walk in freedom and be trapped. Y'all, that's why marriages are falling apart all around us because we're trapped and the easiest person to attack is that person laying in bed with you or that you've kicked out and is on the couch now, right? So listen, listen, and I'm going to keep moving. This is what we do is then we start from an offended heart realizing everything that everybody's done against us. And the only thing we can think, and this is so crazy to think about what Jesus said, because if you look at Matthew 7, Jesus is preaching on this rock, and he's teaching everybody, and in order, he preaches this in Matthew 7, he says, you're so worried about the spot or the, or the dot in their eye that you can't see the stinking plank that's coming out of your own eye. That's called pride, because my education says, well, I know all that. Here's the story I thought of is in Luke, it's, it's the tax collector and the Pharisee. And, and the tax collector's beating his chest saying, God, don't even look at me. I, I've done such horrible things. And the only thing the Pharisee can think is, thank God I didn't do that. Guess who was actually offended? Guess who actually had an offended heart? The Pharisee who was, who was, who was so proud of himself that he couldn't see what he was living under. Because Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners. I've lived under offense and I killed people for it. 
And yet all we can do in our lives is our lives are taken up by what everybody's done to us and by how much we've had. And listen, I know some of y'all have been through hell and back, but Jesus offers you hope and freedom if we will receive it. We can get out of the trap and walk to our destiny, but it's impossible to know destiny in a trap because the only thing that I can have in my awareness is that's my destiny. I'm stuck here. And that's how we live most of our lives. So let me just show you a couple verses about offense. Proverbs 18, 19 says, an offend, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling, which, which, by the way, these two are tied together. If you in your heart, because I certainly have had trouble with this this week going, okay, I can see a lot of mark in this. Quarreling and offended, this is the Hebrew, but in the Greek, they're, they're actually synonyms. They're tied together. And, and when I see this, I'm going to see this and vice versa. And it says it's like the bars of a castle. So remember, remember, his plan is to destroy us, but, or, or his ultimate goal is to destroy us, but his plan is to divide us, the vision before the bait. And so he'll use the bait to divide you and separate you from your purpose. And y'all, if you said yes one day, that was a purpose. If you've begun to walk and God called you to a job, that was a purpose. And so if you're miserable where you are, nobody's responsible for that except for me. Because I've taken the bait. And so once I begin to quarrel and set these walls up and walls start growing and growing, I become so unyielding that I'm like a strong city where when people approach me, they look at me and say, don't go around Mark. What's wrong with him? And this is what we say, right? I don't know. There's someone peeing his cornflakes, right? That's what we say. <laughs> well, what peeing your cornflakes actually means is you've decided to take the bait. I've decided to take the bait. I've decided to be offended because if you can make me this, then Jesus isn't reigning supreme in my life because I've taken the bait. And then Luke 17 says, and I think this is freeing. I hope this can be freeing for us. But it says, then he said to his disciples, it's impossible that no offense should come. So y'all, it's not a sin when offense comes to us. But woe to him through whom they do come. Like, if I'm the one that is out trying to prove that I'm right and trying to be so... But true offense comes, not you disagree with my lifestyle and so you decide to make a blog about it. Now, I'm, that hasn't happened. I'm just giving an example. <laughs> but like true offense, because I... Listen, here's, here's who offends offended. Those who are offended immediately go out and begin to offend. I used to hear growing up, people that make fun of other people, it's because they have a low self-esteem. Right? Y'all all heard that. Can I just be more biblical than that? That's true, but it's actually because people are offended, so they choose to offend. And it is something about making ourselves feel better, but the reality is it's because we're in the trap. And so he's not saying that offense won't come. He's saying it doesn't have to be there because offense is guaranteed. You will be, you will have offense come at you and that will be your trap. But offended is our choice. We don't have to live offended lives. We get to decide when offense comes our way. And it will be all kinds of everything, not just the words of people. Whether or not we'll be open-handed and forgiving like Jesus forgave. 
So, like, this is the question that I have for Jesus is, how did you never get offended? And that's when the story of Matthew 18 starts making so much more sense. He forgave 70 times 7. He was a forgiver after a forgiver after a forgiver because you couldn't do anything to make the love of God in him change. And so I get to decide every day, will I be trapped? And, and here's the deal, because I'm not giving anybody, including me, a pass, but I want y'all to know this. I know some of y'all have been through abuse that I can't even comprehend. I know some of y'all have had lifestyle things that have happened that are so overwhelming that your heart feels burned right now. That even when you came in here today, you didn't really want to be here because you feel so hurt. And I can't take that away, and I wish I could. But what I can do is tell you that it is your choice from today forward whether or not you'll stay offended, whether or not you'll stay trapped. And that is your choice. You could not control what came at you. And some of you, it was so hard that it was unbearable. There are things that are bigger than us that we cannot handle. But God will give us grace. And so I just want to show y'all the purpose that, that I've put some of these things in here to close out. And this is how I'm going to finish and I don't know if y'all are supposed to respond in just a second down here or in your heart, but I, here's what I do know for sure. As I begin to close this message out, this is what I know for sure. is The reason that most people sit in their seats in a message like this is because pride puffs us up is what 1 Corinthians 8.1 says, but love builds up. And when you're in a cage or feeling like you can't get out and everything that everyone's done to you is at the forefront of your thoughts, immediately your mind will be able to recall all of those because the enemy will help you. And he can take the form of light, so we'll put on this righteous suit and think that we're doing good. The only person I'm responsible for is my own heart. And if I can let you... If I can let you control me to the point, no matter what you say, y'all, if you cuss me out in the parking lot, if I can realize that you're operating from offended hearts, then I can look at you and say, I love you and I can help you out. But offended people cannot help other people. Offended people will offend their children in their homes in their workplaces and we'll constantly look and we'll find the problem. Y'all, if you want to find a problem, this is really, really just breaking news to everybody. There's a problem, right? Everywhere we can find a problem. Or you can be the solution in Christ. But your minds will not let you do this on your own. You will be stuck the rest of your life if you try to think your way out of this mess. I'm preaching to me if I'm not preaching to y'all. Because I know for so long I knew the Bible, but I did not have that word as God's love in me. And so my constant response was to trap people, to manipulate them, to get them to do what I wanted them to do. And here's what frustrates me when I look back on my life. I don't have regret because I believe God says forgetting what's behind you, learn and all that stuff. But I do look back and say, I wonder how many times I was the one that I was actually setting the bait. Because if they're stuck in something I said or something I did or something that I brought out in them, was it to build them up so they could see God, but was so that I could prove to them that they were wrong? I was setting a stumbling block is what that word means, an offense in their path. I didn't want them to be free. I wanted them to know that I was right. Do you know why I would do that? Because I was offended. And misery loves company. 
And offense loves to be offended with others. That's why Satan wants hell to be full, because that's his destiny. So if he can just make the Christians powerless and trapped, he knows he's winning the battle. And that's what it looks like today. Because our purpose is always, 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 always tied to offense. Here's what I mean. You can't have any idea what your purpose is if the only thing you can think about is what you're in. Because if I'm not in Christ and walking in him in freedom, then I constantly think about what you've done or what they've done or what my past has done or what them, and that's all I can think about. But, but if I can offer forgiveness because he forgave me, offer love, not because they deserve it, because so many times people don't deserve it, and it's not saying that it's okay. It's not right for you to be abused. It's not right for you to be neglected. But I forgive you anyway because Christ's love for me is bigger than that. And I choose to walk out because when I throw offense, it's not them that are trapped, it's actually me. And I'm walking out of it today. I'm set free. So here's, here's how I think it can happen is to understand that his love and purpose for us is to not be trapped in offense, but to have life more abundantly, to have a rich and satisfying life. Hebrews chapter 2, and I'm going to go fast, but I really want y'all to get this because it's so powerful. Jesus faced every offense that we can possibly imagine. It says, therefore, it was necessary for Jesus to be made like us. He had a flesh suit on his body. He was just like us. He faced hurts. He had to get a band-aid, y'all, when he got cut. He was just like us. In every respect, like his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. So when we enter the courts, he remembers what it's like to be you and to be me. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away our sins since he himself has gone through sufferings and testings and offense. He is able to help us when we are being tested. And so look at what Hebrews 4 said, because last week I used verse 16, but I want y'all to see before that. So, so then since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who, we have, who is in heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly. Someone say hold. Not forget, but hold firmly to what we believe, because it will get skewed in there, but it doesn't have to. We can walk out in freedom. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he has faced all of the same testings or offenses, the scandal. We do, and yet he did not sin. So, as a result of that, let us forget about all those things in the past and choose to forgive, not because they deserve, but because Jesus did that for us. And let's walk into freedom. Let's make it right with our brothers and sisters and walk into his courts where it says, I love this, that we can boldly walk before him in the throne of our gracious God that, that we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us in our time of need. Doesn't that make more sense? That the reason that we should do this isn't because if we don't, God will be mad at us. That the reason we should read our Bibles isn't because God's taking a checklist. Well, you missed the day, Katie, so you're in trouble. But because it's what we get to do so we don't have to be trapped. And so that I can have a forgiving heart. But the only way Mark's heart will be forgiven, because y'all, this heart is hard and it's rocka and Gehenna boils in it. Anytime I choose to see your wrongs over his rights. And I'll constantly remind God, listen to this, of what I'm not when I'm trapped. Instead of God reminding me of what I am in him when I'm free. 
And so I'm listening to the wrong daddy when I'm in here. Because John 8 says, you're listening to your father, the devil. He's the father of all lies. But Jesus said, I'm listening to my daddy. And he's got good stuff to say about me because he chooses to call me son even when I've sinned. And once I live in that freedom, I can't help but forgive you. Because it's not that you deserve it. It's because I choose not to be trapped. It's because I choose not to live offended. I love this so much, y'all. And this is how I'm going to close. Since God chose us, each one of you, to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderness, or tenderhearted, excuse me, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, that sounds great, Pastor, but I don't feel like being tenderhearted. I don't feel like being kind, and I don't feel like being merciful. He says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one another. Excuse me, forgive anyone who, what's this word? Offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love. Why? Because it builds, not walls, but bridges together in perfect harmony. And like the, Psalm 133 comes to my mind, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in harmony. By the way, that's where the blessing of God is commanded is what verse 3 says. But it is as good as that sounds and as sweet as it is and as good as it makes us feel to do good, we, we, we walk out and we deny God with our lifestyle because we're offended. And if we have made more noise about anything other than the love of God, listen to me, in our lives, I don't care what it is. I don't care. I could have gotten a, a, a nerf ball and said our teams are bait. I love ball. It, it's not a sin to like teams. It's not a sin to like stuff. It's not a sin to have money. None of that. That is a lie from hell to think that those are sins. What is a sin is when I'm, when I'm more passionate about those and my overflow will be raka, not love. The only thing that can cause me, listen to me, I don't care how motivated any human being is, the only thing that will motivate me to be the example for my children so that their children's children after them will follow God is his love and his forgiveness, not my knowledge, not my good things, because eventually that stuff will come out and I will kill the ones that God's called me to. The only way to walk in freedom, listen to me, is to be honest with yourself and stop looking at the plank in their eye, no matter what they've done, and excuse me, the speck in their eye, and say, God, show me the plank in mine. Show me the plank in mine. I'm ready to lay it down. I'm ready to forgive. I'm ready to, I'm ready to build bridges. I'm ready to mend fences. That does not mean you have to have a relationship with them. In a lot of cases, it will hurt you to have a relationship with them, whoever they are. But it does mean that you can let it go. Someone say, let it go. Let it go. Drop it. Drop what you're holding. Because this is more than just, I forgive you. This is getting out of the trap that you set. Because the devil hasn't made me do anything. I've chosen to take the bait. But God chooses for you to have life and more abundantly in Christ. And I just believe some of y'all need to do some business today. Because here's what I know for sure. Pride will keep you in your seat. Some of y'all may not be living an offended life right now, and I celebrate that with you. But I believe the vast majority of us in this room need to do some business with God. I don't know what that means for you. 
I don't know if you should come up here or you should walk straight to somebody or you should take your wife out to the prayer wall or whatever the case may be. But in this moment, you'll decide if you'll walk in freedom or if you'll stay stuck. And it may be God, y'all. You may be going through some things right now that you think you don't deserve. And quite honestly, you may not. But if you're angry with God, ask him to forgive you and he will every time. He loves you so much. And you can find freedom in Jesus. And for some of y'all, I believe that means for the very first time you can say, I choose to follow you as my savior. I'm ready to walk in freedom. But I just want to give y'all the opportunity because I believe God wants that for you today. And if you'll come down front, we, our prayer team and even myself and some of us, we'd love to pray over you because I believe there's power in, in agreement. And I want y'all to have the ability to just walk out and listen. If your husband or wife doesn't want to come, don't drag them. But I think we should have some couples down here that make a decision right now. We were on divorce's door, but we choose today to not let the bait offense lead us to the same place that others and maybe even ourselves have been before. I'm not beating you up for your past. I'm building up and hoping that you'll walk into your future in Christ. Will you pray with me, God? In this moment, I just pray that you'll move exactly how you see fit. That, Lord, this will become an altar of forgiveness. That we won't bring an offering into the storehouse, into your church, and try to enter your gates the wrong way. That, that we won't have a false sense of how we can enter your courts because the reality is, God, the reason that we don't feel intimacy with you is because you can't fellowship with a fence. And so, God, I just pray freedom over this house right now. I pray I pray your mercy over this place that, God, that we'll just flood this. God, I believe that you're dealing with everybody's heart. And I pray that we move, that pride doesn't keep us in our seats if we're supposed to make a move right now, that we'll get up and say, I choose freedom in Jesus' name. And we do that because we're tired of the trap and we're ready to walk in Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all move and stand with us and sing.